Hi, my name's Matt, and this is a podcast about life after the coronavirus vaccine. Welcome to episode 44. Next week, the 8th of December to be exact, marks one year since the first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine was given. It was 6.31am and the recipient was a 90-year-old grandmother called Margaret. It was a few days earlier, Wednesday the 2nd of December 2020, when approval had been given for its use. I remember that day so vividly. I was actually vlogging on Instagram at the time and I went back to watch the video again whilst writing this episode and the deep emotional response I had to that day came flooding back. I cried a lot that day. It was such a deep feeling of relief. It is almost impossible to believe that was just one year ago. To that point, the promise of vaccines had been an incredible hope, but an almost mythical one that was too good to be true. But I remember it specifically. I remember that feeling which started with approval on the 2nd of December and which ran through to the first doses being given on the 8th the hope of vaccination, the hope that had previously seemed nearly too good to be true was finally becoming real. That feeling continued to grow as the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine got approved later that month and well, by February, I was having my first vaccine dose myself and starting this podcast. I'm struck by the fact that the world those first vaccine doses arrived into was so different from the one they have enabled to come about in the year that followed. First doses, second doses, now booster doses. The impact of vaccines on our way of life is really quite incredible. I know, looking forward, the emergence of the Omicron variant has started to muddy a future that was finally beginning to look so much clearer. For those of us in richer countries, it is to our shame that we are in a situation where poorer countries do not have the same access to vaccines which we do. Vaccines which have quite literally rebuilt our lives and vaccines which, had others had the same access to them that we have, may have protected us all from the emergence of a new, potentially future jeopardising variant. And I think that is why news of the Omicron variant causes such uncertainty. Because undoubtedly, the world this variant arrives into, especially, as I say, for those of us in richer countries, is so different from the world Alpha and even Delta arrived into. I remember back in episode 15 where we posed the question about how much weight can the protection of vaccination take? And I think we have found, until this point at least, the answer is a lot. In fact, probably even more than we had dared to hope. But today, just one year on from the first doses being given, 
and with doubts about how effective our vaccines may turn out to be in the face of the new Omicron variant, we are reminded of how fragile and how new this all is and how deeply the loss and disappointment of the past two years has really hurt us. I can see in myself how much more tightly I feel like I'm holding on to so many of the freedoms we all gave up in March 2019 and have slowly wrestled back with vaccines being the greatest defender of them. I'm not sure that's a bad thing either because I can also see in myself the instinct to give in to the hurt of the past and to retreat and become resigned to disaster. So I think I need some of that steeliness, some of that grit and determination to hold on to the life we have back, thanks mostly to vaccination. Honestly, it's partly why to me, Mask wearing feels like such a tiny inconvenience and why I found the refusal to mandate them so bizarre. If they help keep our workplaces and our schools and our universities and our Nando's open, then I will wear one with zero complaint. I'm, I'm glad they're back here in the UK, even if it's only in a few places and potentially for a short time. It makes shops and public spaces feel so much more welcoming to me and I hope they stay all winter long. So as we head into that winter and it feels like the news is constantly full of speculation of what's okay and what's not okay to do, what's safe and what's not, what's responsible and what's not, in the face of this potential setback in our future and knockback of our confidence in the promise of its arrival, I am trying just to do the simple work of consistently using the very practical things that can be done to not be set back more than what is needed. And instead, to focus on the extra easily remembered protections that can make things a little safer and the future a little less likely to slip away. Because we know so much more a year on than we knew before. We know masks work, ventilation works, lateral flow tests help, and a little distance wherever possible. Because at this point, I really, really need for these things, along with vaccination, to take the weight of whatever new variants throw at us. So who knows what the future will bring? But thanks to what we have been through, we know so much more. And at least we'll find out together. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. You can find the podcast on social media at Life After Vax, V-A-X, on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to reach out for a more meaningful connection, you can drop me an email. Hi at lifeaftervax.com. Until next time.